you can teach somebody a different accounting software, you can teach somebody an industry, but you cannot teach people how to learn. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. There's nothing scarier than a tax audit gone wrong to haunt your dreams. Knowing the keys to success or failure may save you time, money, and an audit nightmare. Today, Michaela McGinn, Principal and Director of Assurance Services at Ray & Associates, is here to share a few best practices so you can prevent your own audit horror story. Welcome to Unsuitable, Michaela. Thanks, Doug. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you. We're we're recording this uh, a, a couple of weeks early, but it's Halloween week, so we thought we'd go with the uh, the horror theme uh, this week. And obviously, um, in, in jest, but we will share a few uh, audit horror stories from days gone by, which I I know you and I both have. I have a couple. Fortunately and unfortunately, but so you've obviously had a had a long career in uh, in in public accounting and have seen more than your fair share of good practices, you know, bad practices, and and everything in between. So talk a little bit, if you can, about about that journey, you know, from when say you first started and and some of the things you've you've learned over the years. So you know, I think that. On the positive side, and I know it's we're, we'll get to some fun horror stories maybe here along the way, but it, you, know, the fact pattern doesn't change. You know, there's a couple of things that I focus on, and I think over the years I've just learned to appreciate and understand more. But yeah, it, and these aren't anything weird or new or you know big wows, but you know, project management, collaboration, communication. Um, both with your internal team, your external team, actually probably figuring out who is your team (laughs) has a huge impact on whether an engagement goes well, whether it doesn't go well. And in bringing in the right people would be something else. Know, know what you don't know. And the other big thing is when you mess up, say it quickly and, and just figure out how to fix it. Right. Yeah. And, and when we, you know, we talked about this, I remember, so, you know, for those that uh, aren't aware, Michaela and I used to work together 30 years ago at, at Deloitte where we both started our careers. And I remember me being a youngster and, you know, coming out of school and they, they throw me out on, on, some reviews and some audits. And of course I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Right. And, and you just, you, you try to get some guidance from the other team members and they tell you to go ask a few questions and, and, but you learn over time. Right. I mean, that's part of it is you're not expected to know anything right away, but you, you, 
figure out the right, right way to ask questions, how to talk to people, how to just you know get a get a read on them, get a feel for their business, that kind of thing. Right? Is that is that? Oh, absolutely. The- I mean, from from the technician side, I'll tell you my first story. There's a guy. If, I don't know if he's probably not listening. This his name is Steve Soba. So Steve was a senior at um, Deloitte. In the very first week that we were there, remember, we're going back 30 years. Everything's manual. And we have blue check marks and we have red check marks. Mm-hmm. Check marks are you know just little picture things telling you what you did and what you didn't do. And he's doing this training and he has like a list of probably 10 or 12 of these things. Squiggly lines, a check with a line, all this stuff. And I remember getting done going, oh my heavens, how am I ever going to remember this? I remember. Steely with little tick marks, little reds and blues and things. And I, I, the fear as that first person. And so one of the things you learn over time is what do I really need to remember and what can I go find? So I think that that's part of the learning process. The other thing is really, there's very few things that you can do that are career limiting or can't be fixed. I know. When depending on what level of person you are, and you know, from the from the client side, you know, we're the we're the guys coming in after looking backwards. And so, depending on who you're talking to, if you're talking to the owner versus if you're talking to an accounting clerk or an AP or an AR person, I mean, you really got to understand. And that's part of the communication and the team part is, you know, our clients, you know, in some of their minds, they think we're there to find out what they did wrong. Our perspective is like, well, okay, we find this and we move on and, and we deal with it. But in theirs, this is their livelihood. This is what they do every single day. And if we don't have a perception and a perspective of what they're doing and how we approach them, it's not going to go well. Right. The other thing is I tell our people, hey, look, our clients have full-time jobs when we're not around. So while we're so narrow-minded on, I got to get it done and I got to get it out the door because that's what we think they want, which our clients do. I mean, they want it done in a timely manner and all that. They're also trying to manage the rest of their day. They're trying to get bills out. They're trying to get people paid. They're trying to get product in and out the door. And so we as a team have to remember what we're doing and what they're trying to do. And, and that's where that collaboration comes in because if we get that wrong. It just, it, it, it doesn't end. It doesn't end well, or it doesn't go nearly as smoothly as it could. Yeah. That's, that's certainly a great perspective. I, I mean, ultimately, and, and I, it took me certainly more than a while to learn this and the, the clients want, you know, they just, they want some feedback. You know, what do you think, you know, that we forget that the value, a lot of the value we have is that we see, hundreds and hundreds and over our careers, thousands and thousands of, of businesses. And, you know, they oftentimes only see the one that they're in, right. particularly if it's generational or they've, you know, been there and running it a long time. So they want that feedback. You know, what, what do we do that's different? What do we do that's good? What do we, you know, what can we work on? And, um, you know, those subtle little things, while they're not technically part of the necessarily the the procedures that that we're tasked to go through that's that's a lot of value for them so it's it pays to be observant right absolutely i think that we're in the middle of a project right now or we're reinventing or re-energizing engineering what we are talking about though is you've got process and you've got client service 
and you have you know, one deliverable that everybody expects is some kind of obviously report. But the rest of it is, you know, why are they coming to Ray? Well, right. you, just, you know, Doug, you just made a point that, you know, they only see one thing. We take for granted sometimes that we see so much. And I think we don't give ourselves enough perspective on what we can share, what we can bring. You know, if you see, if you're in, in manufacturing or construction or honestly, even just for profit and it's the size of the organization. You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed when, you know, when I was at, you know, Deloitte and I worked on very large clients and very small. And so the ability to show your client, hey, you don't have to, it doesn't mean hiring somebody new to get better controls in place, but also they're looking at operationally, you know, hey, what do you see in these guys over here do? I've always struggled with this. And so while process is important, if you really want to make a difference, it's learning your client's business and understanding their concerns. It goes back to, I know you think you're there, if, and I'm talking to the auditors and insurance folks out there, maybe listening. Um, I know you think that our job there is to just issue this report. Well, that that's just one little piece of it. Um, I know if you talk to your clients, they're going to go, tell me how you can help me. Right. What you're seeing. And honestly, from, from my side of it, that's a lot more interesting than looking at a cash wreck or, you know, checking it that this balanced or that balanced. And, and it's more interesting to understand your client. You provide so much more feedback and, and collectively, you know, you're just better client service because you have a better way of saying, hey, what, what else do we need? You know, if, if, if who else can I bring from a, from a service standpoint that is going to make a difference for them? And if you put your mindset in, this is about, who were serving, not about us. Right. This really has nothing to do with us. It's all about who are you serving and why. It, it just add, it's a totally different perspective to, to to tackle things from. Yeah, for sure. And and you know you got to think about why they need the, this particular service as well. You know who who uh, is the third party that that requires it? Is it a bank because of financing requirements? Is it a uh, a, a surety provider due to, you know, uh, bonding or what is it as an outside board and, and think about, you know, the, the perspective that they want. And it's that, it's that same thing that don't take for granted all that we see and, and bring our expertise to the table and communicate that to, to the clients. We had a, a nice story recently, um, New new client manufacturer, somebody that I had known for uh, a, a long time, but was able to develop a relationship with with our with our firm here. And um, of course, I don't know a whole lot about manufacturing; it's not my world. Uh, but I brought in Andrew Geyser from our Millersburg office, and he's got great experience. You know, worked at um, a manufacturer for a long time, you know, ran a facility. So he's, he knows the operations. And well, I tell you, we, we brought him in and just spent, you know, a couple hours letting him tour through the facility, ask management questions and information that he was able to come up with just from that couple mm -hmm. of hours was, was just phenomenal. And that was, you know, it was just a little add on to a part of our assurance process, but I can tell you that that's really the the value for sure. You know, and sometimes you don't have to be 
knowledgeable about the particular industry, that's always great because you bring a certain perspective of it. But sometimes being able to bring what you see in one industry, like, you know, obviously your, your background is more construction, but bringing that perspective to light into a new client can add something. Sometimes we get so narrowly focused in, I want my folks in my industry, when I'm talking to some of my clients and they're looking for you know, a new controller or a new CFO and you say, well, what kind of person do you want? Uh, one of my CFOs said, I don't care what their industry is. I need somebody who can learn and can show that they're adaptable in different environments. And I'm like, that's the perfect answer. Because you can teach somebody a different accounting software. You can teach somebody an industry, but you cannot teach people how to learn. And so that, and, and, and to be adaptable at that level. I mean, you can at the younger levels. I mean, that's part of what we do and train and all that, but the ability and and mindset to learn and is, is huge. Um, And if you're open to that as, as a, as a company, when you're looking for resources, you might find somebody who's going to bring fresh ideas and fresh perspective. That's a great point. And you, that goes back to your, one of your original points about team building, right? About having the right people involved and, and the communication with those people. So, you know, when you talk about team, when we talk about team, in my mind, a team is made up of both Ray folks that mm-hmm. be, and it might be some assurance folks, or we're going to have some tax folks. But, but the other part of the team is on the client side. And if we don't look at team as that whole group of people, then then we're already we've already started off on the wrong foot. You gotta look at everybody and bring everybody into that conversation. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's good up front to outline everybody's you know expected role. Um, I know some of the ones where where I've had difficulty, I look back and say, well, you know, I, I know I didn't communicate either to our team or the client exactly the role that that everybody is is uh, is and should play. Uh, and sometimes, you know, people are are overcommitted. You know, we expected more out of a certain maybe individual to client thought they were you know going to be able to provide us more answers, more capable of information. That's not the case. And the same goes on our side. Sometimes the client has different expectations and we don't outline those as well as we, we can up front. So that, that goes back to the communication gap. And, right. and I know one of the things you, you've talked about before is that like a communication gap in, in auditing and, and trying to identify those kind of strengths and weaknesses. It, you know, it, part of it goes to, I, I put communication, transparency, uh, you know, project management altogether. One of the things that gets us in trouble is that lack of transparency. So we think our client understands everything we're asking for or doesn't care or, or whatever. But you know, from the project management side, it's always working backwards. When do we need to have this by? You know, you're, you're going forwards and backwards through the whole process. When does it need to be back by? And you back it up. And then it's then moving forward. It's like three or four steps ahead. Okay, I need this here in order to do this next step. But remember back to it's a team. So I can't do this without my client providing me information. So if I'm not sharing why I need the information or I'm not helping to prioritize, one thing you always hear is we have what we call the PBC list. That's the prepared by client. It's really just the information that we need from our clients to do something. 
Well, we give them a laundry list of 20, 30 things. And when, well, if we want to be really successful, we're going to sit down with the client and we're together going to decide when we're going to get that. Mm-hmm. We're going to help them prioritize because sometimes we're throwing a lot of different things at them. And if they don't have a big team, if you, if you leave it to our clients to choose, well, they're going to choose. I go, okay, well, I can do this here and here. If you haven't said, I need item seven first, well, how do right. that? And so that's what leads to the horror stories. That's what leads to things, you know, the rushing at the end, the mistakes getting made. And, and if you, because we haven't, we're, we've made a lot of assumptions and we're not communicating and we're not helping create priorities. We're not being transparent, not intentionally. We just don't think about it. I mean, that's part of half the problem is when you stop thinking or something becomes so ingrained in what you do and yet don't stop every once in a while. Well, then that, again, that's where we're headed down a bad path normally. Yeah. And, and you talk about transparency and, and communication. I'm going to uh, use that to segue here to some of our horror stories. Cause that reminds me of one of mine, um, from actually from my banking days. And, you know, we, we went out and, uh, it was a big, big financing package, but we did what we, uh, termed field exams, which are not mm-hmm. unlike agreed upon procedures in essence on specific things, in this case, inventory receivables. And it was interesting, you know, getting that information back and the field examiners came back and they're telling us stuff, you know, gosh, it was really weird. You know, like the salespeople weren't allowed to talk to the finance people and, and the finance people weren't allowed to talk to the operations people and nobody was allowed to talk to uh, management unless they were all together. And, you know, it was all this, this weird stuff. And we just, we didn't pay enough attention to it mm-hmm. um, at that part of it. Cause everything quote unquote checked out, although it turned out it didn't. And there was, you know, like a $20 million fraud, go Ooh. figure, you know? Ooh. So yeah, that, that was an ugly one, but it taught me the lesson of, you know, look for the, the, you know, sometimes look for the less than obvious clues when you think about, say, communication and transparency. So that that's a that's a big one for me. <laughs> Lesson learned. So, how about you? What are what are some that you've, you've I seen think over the some of the the lessons like the horror stories is a, a part of it is you know that rush at the end because mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't do what we needed to do up front and and you know you're doing your best to get this out to your client and. And if you haven't talked to them, it's not just about getting that report out. It's that you've missed something else. You know, you missed something else really important to them that is just crucial to it. So, I mean, for me, the, the rush to the ends are, are, are the worst. And, and, you know, some of it's part of the, it's sort of just the nature of the beast. You know, my, one of my biggest horror stories is, we had, um, this was a large client and they had, and it was a consolidation. So we were doing part of the work and somebody else was doing other parts of the work. And somewhere along the line, we were supposed to issue this report. And my senior manager walks in in the morning and says, um, I think we might have a problem. I don't think we audited this segment. And I'm like, okay, well, to call somebody in Chicago and say, I'm not sure you can issue this 10K. Um, that's really not the kind of Oops. call. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to have to make that phone call. So let's work really quickly and see what it is we had done and not done. And and, and it ultimately all worked out. But yeah. if we had been a little bit more 
if we hadn't been at the rush, if we had been slowed down or we had done this stuff on the front end, we never would have been in, in that situation to begin with. Yeah, I think that goes to to what you talked about in terms of project management. And, and for me, with a lot of obviously construction clients, I always try to tell them, look, our business is just like yours. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the project management business. Let's work backwards from the deadline, you right. know, and as you as you mentioned, and we try to build from that. Okay, here's when we want to be here. Here's, you know, here's these milestones. And it's really helped it, it, to try to communicate that. So I, I think that's a great best practice that you brought up. Well, and budgets, when you think about construction and you think about what we do, budgets are another key part. They're guide, you know, they're never meant to be absolute, but, you know, that m- monitoring of the budget, and, and there's kind of a two prong. I mean, one, if you have the project management side of it, you know, okay, I need to be here by by X date and I need to be done by Y date, you know, you're monitoring the budget to say, okay, one, time-wise, am I working where I need to be? Am I where I need to be by the date I need to be there? Number two, what's it costing me? And, you know, getting everybody's buy-in on that budget is also crucial. You know, I, I had a story recently where I had a couple of folks saying, so, well, let's, let's talk. About, we, we had some bad jobs. It didn't go as well as we expected. We're like, okay, let's learn from it, move on. And I said, well, let's go back and look at the budget. And I said, well, what happened here? And, and the comment I got back was, well, I haven't looked at the budget since we put it together. <laughs> like, what? No, I never looked yeah. at the budget. I'm like, well, you're doing. And it was a great learning experience. It was a great learning opportunity. I'm sure some of our folks are listening to this. They're going, well, I know who that's about. (laughs) But again, and it's a tool. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, this is all for us. It's about learning. But it's about, you know, is this, if you want to, when we have clients um, in the construction business and they do something, what are they going to do? They want to change order. And they want to sign change order. They want the buy-in from their client to say, yes, you want me to put in sliding glass doors rather than you know, a single pane? Okay, great. I can do that. Here's what it's going to cost. Or you know, add a third floor, do whatever, because I know ours do a little bit more than that, put in sliding glass doors. But if we, we do that on the front end, we communicate with our client. We make sure they know, hey, here's what's happening. And it's no different in ours. If we're not managing that and we're not saying, hey, I should be here by this point in time and I'm not. And, and here's the other thing about client service in, from the horror story standpoint. We sometimes think client service means to exclude the client. Yeah. And we mean that from a standpoint, like we don't want to, you know, we don't want to bother them. We don't want, we're going to take care of this ourselves. Well, the challenge in that is that it's their stuff. They may be able to give us a simple answer as to what's going on, or we need to give them the opportunity to fix it. Now they may come back to us and say, I don't know. I need you to work on it. And that's where we're like, okay, we can do that. Or we work on it together. But when we just go in and do it, and then they're like, well, why don't I have my report? And I've had that happen plenty of times because of X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, why didn't you tell me? I want to go do an additional bill. And they're like, well, you didn't tell us it was going to cost more. And, you know, it goes back to that whole thing about assuming. It's like, well, I assumed you figured that out since I've been telling you all these extra things. Well, don't assume. Right. You need to talk to your client. You need you collaboration. 
one team, project management, it all goes together. And, and, and when you do those things, communicate and you're talking to them, they're learning what they can do differently. Maybe not today, but in the future, we're learning how to communicate and say, okay, and troubleshoot. I mean, same thing in construction, same thing in manufacturing. Troubleshooting is a crucial part of what we do. You know, and you, know, you talk about horror stories, horror stories are when you get so far down in the detail that you forgot to put your head up and go, wait, okay, I'd love for it to be this way. What's the outcome? And when you find out the outcome is like, it's not a big deal. Okay, move on. All right. It's crucial to you know, getting to the end. How big a deal is it? Yeah, we like it to be really, you know, in a certain way. Sometimes it just isn't. And that's okay. And you need to lift your head up and go, okay, is it a big deal or isn't it? And, and figure it out from there. Yeah. Well, those are, those are certainly great lessons and, and great insight uh, and, and great perspective. And it's certainly if you're, if you're trying to think about preparing as we get towards the end of the year here for your own review or audit from a client perspective, don't hesitate to reach out to uh, Michaela or, or myself and, and we can talk you through some of these, these things. Since uh, like I, I, I like to tell people, I'm not necessarily that smart, but I've seen a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's, that's valuable. So uh, anyway, thanks for being uh, uh, the guest this week, Michaela. Loved it. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back on again sometime soon. Thanks, Doug. Uh, and if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our paid uh, podcast page rather at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.